joy, uh, lots of different flavors. Um, scientists say that we can taste basically five different uh, tastes, sweet, savory, salty, sour, and bitter. And that it's the variation and combination of those things which land on our 10,000 taste buds that create this experience where we actually enjoy different kinds of food. Uh, if you throw your nose into it and your sm- sense of smell, like the, the, the combination, variety, and intensity of food uh, goes off the charts. So food is a gift to our bodies, and, and, uh, but it is also something we need every day. So if you stop and think about it, there's something we do every single day that we have the capacity to really enjoy, but we are also need to do it. We actually need it to be able to live. Um, so what happens when we actually miss a meal? Uh, maybe it's some. Maybe you uh, you've had to had a medical procedure, or maybe you started one of those crazy diets uh, under medical advice, uh, and and you had to like shift drastically from what you normally eat to like maybe some very simple or limited diet. When we do that, we feel it, right? We we feel that, uh, but even more so when we actually miss a meal. So you know, I'm i from time to time. It's not often, but from time to time, you know, uh, especially pre COVID, I'd be so busy running to and fro having a lot of meetings, things going on, uh, that I would end up, you know, getting well into mid-afternoon or late afternoon before I would have realized I really missed lunch. Or maybe I thought about it, but I didn't really have time to eat. Uh, and what happens to your body when you miss a meal? When you miss a meal, right, your body just loses its mind. <laughs> you, you start to get so hungry and so intense. And don't ever go near a restaurant or into a supermarket when you're hung- that hungry, right? What happens? You just either buy way too much to eat right now or you buy way too much to eat later. Um, so don't ever don't ever do that. But you've never had a piece of pizza that tasted as good as after you've missed a meal and you're eating it, right? Um, so something happens that, that when we miss that meal that draws us into a more intense experience of food, right? It's like our bodies are longing for this and now we're trying to satisfy it. Um, so you know, I'm 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 laying this out because one of the thing, one of the uh, disciplines of the Christian life that's been around throughout church history and in uh, in scripture, church history, and around the globe today, but is not very present in the West, at least for the last hundred years, is is called fasting, and fasting is purposefully withdrawing from food. Um, or you know, at times something else uh, to for the purpose of focusing on God. And today we're going to look in the Sermon on the Mount as Jesus teaches about fasting. It's a very short passage, just three verses, but it's really combining with the message that we did last week on prayer. So today, uh, this is a week, uh, a two-week series on prayer and fasting, and they're interconnected. So basically, if you if you haven't watched last week or uh, you know you you don't know where where we were last week, uh, I encourage you to actually go back and listen to that message. Not right now, but uh, later, uh, because it really is meant to combine. Because fasting never exists, never meant to exist apart from prayer. Prayer is a, an essential part of fasting, and fasting is a uh, is a special kind of prayer. It's a special way to pray. So those two are intricately linked. And I'll throw out as well, I preached on fasting in our, during our Devoted series about 
uh, almost two years ago now, beginning of 2019. And so if you're if you're interested in learning more about that and some of the other spiritual disciplines, I encourage you to go back. That was a really formative series uh, for us. And, and even as I was preparing this message for today, uh, I realized that uh, God was laying something on my heart. And that is as we're heading into the holidays and, and new year, the winter, right, uh, in New England, as a church during COVID, God really laid on my heart that I think the spiritual disciplines may be more important right now in the life of our church than they ever have been. Uh, that that as we head into this time, that that prayer, time of the word, uh, taking time to fast, uh, may be one of the most important things that we can focus on as a church in this new beginning of this new year. So uh, I hope this will encourage you, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more, uh, hopefully through our community groups uh, in in December and January. Uh, so today we're we're continuing a mass message on prayer and fasting. Pick up in Matthew six, uh, verses sixteen through eighteen. I'll read it, and when I'm done, I'll say, "This is the word of the Lord," and I invite you to respond by saying, "Thanks be to God." And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, what I want us to see today, uh, building off what Jesus says, is, is how not to fast right? That seems to be more about how not to fast. Um, and then we'll talk about what it, the role of fasting in the kingdom is. And then finally, we'll talk about some practical suggestions for fasting um, and some things to keep in mind with that. So let's talk about fasting the wrong way first. This will be the shortest, but it's also it's also kind of the point of what Jesus is talking about today. So verse 16, Jesus gives a sad but slightly funny picture of, of, of people who are fasting for the wrong reasons. Uh, in the two previous messages last couple of weeks, we looked at people who were the first week who were generous for the wrong reasons, right? They were they gave their money away, but they wanted praise from other people. Then last week, we talked about people who pray and they pray out loud and they pray um, in public places so that people will praise them. Uh, and then today is, is the same idea. Jesus is calling these people hypocrites. He's calling them hypocrites and saying they're literally dressing down on days they're fasting and they're putting on frowny faces and walking around looking miserable so that other people will think much of them. These are fools. This, the, it, it, it's so insane to stop and think about this. The point of fasting is to hunger after God, right? To, to hunger more for God, to know God more. Um, and I don't know what would cause someone to say, no, I, um, I'm going to give up on the idea of actually hungering and connecting with God on a deeper level. And instead, I'm going to de- deny myself food, make myself miserable, make myself look miserable so that other people will like me. I'm going to miss out on God. I'm going to, I'm going to suffer, make myself suffer so that other people will think much of me, but I don't care what God thinks. Um, <laughs> this is pride and pride makes you dumb. Pride makes you blind to your own blindness. It makes you blind to your own way of sometimes doing the right thing, uh, but the wrong for the wrong motives and the, or the wrong reasons. And so, uh, if you don't think you're ever subject to that, 
then you probably have a pride issue and you should you should definitely talk to God about that and, and talk to your friends, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ about that. Another wrong way to fast uh, from God or for God is is fasting to get stuff from God. What I mean like that by this is, you know what I'll do? I'll set aside a day, I'll deny myself food and then God will give me what I want. God will give me these things that I want. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna somehow negotiate with God. I'm gonna do these ritual, this ritual of fasting, and that will get God on my side. Do you know what that's called? That's called paganism. It's not Christianity. It's paganism. Doing the right rituals or behaviors or following the right rules in order to get a deity to do what you want them to do. Um, and that's that's not Christianity, right? Um, Jesus said that the purpose of fasting is is to draw near to God. So the, the focus primarily in fasting is not on getting stuff from God, but on getting God. Not on getting stuff from God, gimme, 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 but from but for getting God Himself. Deeper joy, deeper intimacy, deeper fullness in the Holy Spirit. Now, at times. Fasting uh, is part of God's plan for us to draw deeper into to kill habitual sin, to uh, to see a breakthrough in a certain area, but not always. But it is always underscore all caps always about drawing your soul nearer to God and experiencing God's presence and fullness in your life. So Jesus said that those who fast for purposes other than God's purposes have received their reward already. So think about that. I've made myself miserable um, and, and, and wandered around looking sad and, and, and other people now, now think that I'm super spiritual. That's my reward. My reward is that other people think I'm super spiritual, but I'm not actually. And God doesn't think I am. So that's the reward they get. They get some affirmation from some other people. Um, but Jesus shifts gears and talks us, focuses on us fasting rightly and then getting a reward from God. So let's talk about fasting in the kingdom. Fasting in the kingdom is, has a different focus. Obviously, it's not about what you get from other people or even trying to negotiate and get from God, but it's about drawing near to God. The word translated fasting is, literally means one who is not eaten, one who is in empty. So when you are empty of food, there is space for God to enter, right? You're empty of food. You, you've now uh, empty of earthly satisfaction. So you've, you've denied yourself earthly satisfaction so that your heart can find satisfaction in God. The reason that withdrawing from food is seen as a spiritual discipline um, and maybe more important in the West uh, than, than it has, than maybe any, or as important as any culture in the world in history, um, is that we have a tendency uh, to use food to comfort ourselves. We'll look for food as a very basic way to comfort ourselves. Maybe you've heard the saying, uh, you can eat your feelings, Right? You kind of can, right? It's it's like money a few weeks ago. You know, money doesn't make you ultimately happy, eternally happy, but it can kind of make you temporarily happy. You know, there are things that money can buy immediately that would give gives a little bit of satisfaction, a little bit of joy, a little bit of focus uh, to us. And and when it comes to to actually to withdrawing from uh, or when it comes to food, like food can be that for us. 
So, you know, you're down, you're discouraged, you're out, you, you know, you, you, you're, uh, you've, you've had a rough day at work, your boss has chewed you out, you're reminded that he hates you, uh, you don't feel like you have any friends, you feel lonely, you feel afraid, you wonder if you will find love one day. You're, you're in this spot where your soul is sort of aching, where your heart is kind of aching. Do you know what will help that sometimes, or often? It'll help it immediately. Ice cream. It will. Go to J.P. Licks, get some of that peanut butter, uh, cookies and cream, or mint chocolate chip, or whatever your favorite flavor is. You could probably jump on the chat if you wanted to, comments right now, and share your favorite ice cream flavor. But um, mine is that peanut butter and uh, cookies and cream. And and what it is, is when we put that in our bodies, put that in our mouths, you know, things are just better for a little bit. It doesn't mean everything's gone away and everything's wonderful. It just means that in that moment, there's something a little more ultimate that's comforting me than, uh, than me thinking about my issues. This is Satan's trick. It's a trick of Satan to get us to seek comfort in food rather than comfort in Christ. Um, and it's subtle, right? We don't, we don't think about it that way. We just go buy the ice cream or we go buy the pizza or whatever it is. And we just, or we go eat, you know, a whole bag of Oreos or whatever it is that, that, that feeds us physically, it's way beyond what it does physically for us, right? It gives us a little bit of pleasure. And so we have to, we have to address that. We have to recognize um, that uh, that happens. And so then fasting removes all comfort from food. You're literally saying today, this day, or at least this meal, I'm going to fast. I'm going to refuse to experience any comfort of food. And on the flip side, I'm actually going to make myself uncomfortable to remind myself of my longing for, for, for heaven, my longing for God. You see, food has an amazing place in the kingdom when you, when you look at it scripturally. Uh, food is, is uh, there's, there's uh, two ways that food really, sir, really uh, 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 honors Christ and, and, and connects with his kingdom. One is, is, is feasting. It's eating, right? Like what happens at the end of time when Jesus returns? It's not a, hey guys, what's up? You know, we're going to hang out now. There's a feast. It's a wedding feast. And when Jewish people threw a wedding feast to last a week, well, this is going to last a long time. I don't know how long, but it's going to last eternally in one sense, right? This wedding feast, we're going to come together. We're going to enjoy great food. We're going to enjoy great wine. No gluttony, no drunkenness, right? But we're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy being with Jesus. We're going to enjoy being with each other. So now, here and now, when we have those moments of feasting, and we do it in the right way, we do it in a way that honors God, we keep God in our minds and our hearts, and we're grateful for that, then it's picturing a little bit of the kingdom. Fasting, on the other hand, denies that the kingdom has come, right? Feasting is tasting the, the foretaste that the kingdom has come, uh, kingdom will come. The fasting is saying it hasn't come. And fasting is saying my body needs to long for God like it longs for physical food here and now. Now, to just to define fasting in a more modern general sense, I love, I've been using John Piper a lot recently, so uh, just throwing him out again. Uh, he says this, fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that is in itself good, like food, in order to intensify our expressions of need for something greater, namely God and his work in our lives. So I love that definition because it's not just limited to food. I believe that you can deny yourself, and we should deny ourselves perfectly legitimate things 
in order to withdraw and 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 steer our minds and our hearts and orient our minds and our hearts towards something greater. Um, fasting is a way of saying I'm not home yet, and I need to feel that. I want to feel that. Uh, it's interesting that just a few chapters earlier in Matthew we find Jesus fasting and 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 doing a significant fast. Uh, turn back in your Bible if you have it to Matthew chapter four. Uh, verses 1 through 11. And what Jesus did here is fast for 40 days. Listen to this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Well, it's kind of an understatement, right? And the temper, uh, tempter, that is Satan, came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse five, then the, de- the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Verse seven, and Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall, n- you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So Jesus was the third of the great prophets in scripture that pray, that fasted and prayed for 40 days. Uh, the first one's Moses. We know that story. Then uh, also Elijah a little later in the Old Testament, and now Jesus. Now, fasting 40 days is not the place to start, right? <laughs> if you've never fasted and you haven't fasted, I would say for 21 days, you probably don't need to go ahead and press for 40. Uh, but 40 days is uh, was a, a significant time in each of these uh, characters' lives, Moses' life, it was God preparing him to go lead his people out of the wilderness uh, and into the promised land. Uh, in Elijah's life, it was a moment of, um, of, of, of God judging Israel, right? He was, Elijah felt he was alone. He was separated, uh, but he, and he was getting ready to go to battle against uh, the enemy, against uh, false prophets. And so God set him apart for that. And now Jesus is fasting as a, as a, as a, as a part of an inauguration of the kingdom. Right? He's fasting because of, of what he's about to do. And one of the things that occurred to me in studying this and looking at this is here's a very simple observation that I, I can't, it's not one of those where I'll say, thus saith the Lord, but it is an observation that I think I could make an argument from, from Jesus' fasting. And that is this, the temptations that Jesus experienced from Satan were actually at the root of, of why he was fasting. So at the root of why he was fasting was to bring in the kingdom. He was ready to go public with his ministry. He was going to experience all kinds of pressures and temptations. And so he was fasting to, to, to focus on his mission, fasting to really get his mind and his heart in the, in, in the right uh, place to draw near to God as he began his public ministry. So the first uh, temptation was simply to find his greatest joy in earthly stuff. Right to to say, you know what? I'm hungry right now, and the most satisfying thing I can have is to turn these rocks into loaves of bread. So Satan was tempting him to 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 find his ultimate satisfaction in in uh, in earthly things and not in God's ultimate will. The second is to to get recognition. Uh, so to to throw himself off of the top of the temple would be seen by 
everyone, everyone would see the angels cap, you know, capture him and, and make sure he never hurt himself. Uh, and then everyone would worship him, right? So the, the temptation there is to get recognition, to, to, to step out front, to be recognized for who he actually is, right? Um, but it is a temptation to pride. And then thirdly, uh, the temptation to, to, to uh, bow down and worship Satan, and Satan would give him uh, all of his dominion and, 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 and kingdoms if Jesus would worship him. This is a temptation to shortcut, a temptation to shortcut to God's plan and God's will. And so you and I are tempted in these ways as well to find our joy in earthly stuff, food, temporary pleasures, even relationships or our jobs. So fasting can can be used by God to, to withdraw from some of those things and to draw near to Christ. So we can also focus on, on pride, on, you know what? I deserve this, right? How many times have I heard people say that? You know, I, you know, I was in this bad marriage and it was a difficult marriage and it was really hard, you know, no, no abuse or anything, mind you, just, it was hard. The other person was difficult. There wasn't, there wasn't grounds for divorce, but they just told me, and I've had people tell me this in ministry. Well, you know, I think God just wants me to be happy. I've been, you know, I've tried this and, you know, I deserve to be happy. And so then they, they leave their spouse. Thirdly, I've seen people, uh, you know, tempt- temptation to take a shortcut, temptation to to go, you know what? Um, I, I think that uh, I really don't need to spend a lot of time in God's word. I can, you know, I can, uh, I can pray uh, while I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. And, you know, that 30 seconds, 45 seconds is enough for me to draw near to God. So the temptation is, oh, I can, I can get by, uh, or I can grow in character by neglecting time in God's word and prayer. So I, you know what, I'm, I don't, I'm not really subject to what everyone else is. I can take the shortcut over here where I get to do a lot of things that I really want to do, but I don't have to do the, the hard things of, of working through uh, holiness and sanctification. So what if prayer is not fundamentally oriented to what God might do around you, but what he might do in you. And do you see why I think that this, this winter might be an important time for us to, to focus on prayer? Fasting is a prayer, is a call from our body and our soul for the kingdom of Jesus to come in us. Um, I think this is what Jesus is referring to when he talks about what it should look like when we do fast. Verse 17, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your feasting may not be seen by, uh, fasting may not be seen by others, but your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret will reward you. Now, I just want to say this and we'll move on. I think we need to dwell on that word reward. There is a reward for fasting. Jesus says it right here. God will reward you if you're fasting, not for human pleasure or even for your your will out here. But drawing near to God brings a reward to us. And I believe that reward is God himself. I believe the reward is the spirit himself moving in our hearts, drawing us near to him, giving us bolder faith, empowering us to live out his mission, empowering us to make a difference uh, and advance the kingdom in this world. We know the early Christians fasted in Acts chapter 13, the, the early church fasted in Antioch to set aside Paul and Barnabas as they were getting ready to go preach the gospel across the Roman empire and plant churches the, the greatest missionary movement, uh, beginning of the greatest missionary movement in church history, began in Acts 13. This, this moment where, where there was a focus and intentionality of going out and planting churches in cities across the Roman Empire, and the church fasted for that. 
So let's, let's talk about the practice of fasting and we'll close. Um, something I've purposely not highlighted in this passage so far, but I, I don't want you to miss, is Jesus says, when you fast, right? When you fast, verse 17, anoint your head and wash your face. He, there's an expectation that we would fast. There's an expectation that fasting is a part of our practice in our life. And I want to challenge you to think about that and what that looks like for you. I think we should examine ourselves. Do we hunger for God? Is fasting something super rare or something on occasion? Um, David prayed in Psalm 63, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He is crying out for God. Have you ever been in a spot like that? Have you ever been in a spot to cry out to God? Fasting is putting your body in a place where prayer uh, can, can, can be more clear, more focused. When combined with being in word and prayer, fasting is like, um, fasting brings a power, but it also is, is a bit like stepping into an MRI machine. So I don't know if any, uh, some of you on this may have had that. I had one done about 11 years ago. Um, and listen, they can pump all the air conditioning in the world um, into that room. Uh, and it still feels like you're being pushed on a board through a piece of carry-on luggage right? It's this tiny space. It's just, I'm not even claustrophobic. And at about 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, I was ready to, to climb out of my skin, right? <laughs> it's just a challenging space to be. But if you will get in that machine, there's nothing to hide. Like it looks, it can look at your body on a level you can't look at otherwise. Listen, you will never get the clarity about your sin, clarity about your faith, clarity about Christ in your day-to-day -day routine. Uh, as you would taking time to fast, okay? Fasting is, is an extraordinary activity meant to uh, remove those, those other comforts, cause our body to be uncomfortable so that then we can see God more clearly. So I want to encourage you to think about that. I love when it's combined with prayer and, and it's meant to be, uh, it's powerful. Tony Evans says that fasting is like hammering a cement wall, uh, so you take a hammer, you know, you just beat against it. It seems like nothing at first. And then uh, hairline cracks, you know, begin to break. And then then spider cracks, right? Like begin to to spread out in the concrete. And then uh, large cracks, fissures begin to open up. And then small chunks begin to come off of the, the concrete wall. And then finally large chunks. And fasting is that way of just going hard after after prayer and after God. So it's especially helpful um, in the Christian life to draw near and grow closer to him. So how do you practice? How should you practice fasting? A couple of things. Pick a day and make a plan. So pick a day and make a plan. Maybe you've never fasted. Start with one meal. Say, I'm going to skip breakfast that day. Maybe you skip breakfast normally. Don't do that uh, and count it. Like take lunch or whatever and take that time, plan that time so that you're going to be reading, you're going to be journaling, you're going to be praying, uh, you're going to be reflecting. Write down, that's why a journal is helpful, write down what God's teaching you during that time. Then uh, consider a regular fast. So if you've gotten through your first fast, a meal, uh, you know, consider a regular fast, skipping one meal a week, uh, you know, or or a day a month or something like that. And maybe you'll build up from there. I've, I have some experience with fasting. I've fasted, um, the longest I've fasted is actually three days. 
Um, and I don't share that to brag. I, I really don't want your approval for that. That's simply to just share with you an experience of mine. Um, and it is challenging. It, 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 you have to have a plan, uh, even for your own nu- nutrition and like making sure you're getting in liquids and maybe drinking some juice and things like that. So don't just say, hey, I think I'll fast for a week. Uh, develop a plan. There's some good online resources for that. Um, and then consider fasting. What else needs to go with your regular fast? So if your regular fast is uh, drawing near to God through through a day of prayer um, and not eating, then 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 don't just get, let yourself enjoy all the other distractions you normally do. Right? Like cut out social media that day. Cut off news. Cut off Netflix. Cut off. You know, say I'm not going to look at any entertainment today. Like like set that day apart and say it's God's day, uh, and and commit to that. Um. All right, as we close, I just want to challenge you. If you're, um, are you willing to fast? And I would say for first, that you would draw near to God. And second, for the good of our city, for the good of, for the good of our church, would you fast for a revival for our church? Would you pray and fast and intercede for our city? Would you pray and fast and intercede for our nation and the nations around the world? Listen, there's an endless sea of needs out there. And one of the ways that we, we focus our prayer and empower our prayer is through combining it with fasting. Um, maybe you're in a bad spot right now. Maybe you're discouraged. You know, like, I just don't know that I can do this. I want to encourage you. The kingdom of God's a bit is, is upside down, right? You've heard us refer to it as that. The upside down kingdom means that, that uh, we get higher by going lower. Now, if God's got you in a spot where you're, where you're really hurting, then maybe one of the things you need to do is just say, you know what, I feel, I feel like a lot of things have been stripped away. I'm just going to go ahead and strip away food for a day. I'm going to go ahead and strip, it, strip away Netflix for a day. I'm just going to spend a day with God. I'm going to do the best I can to be in his word as much as I can that day, to pray, to reflect, to journal, to intercede, and ask for God. I want more God in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me. Would you pray for that? Um, I want to encourage you, if that's where you are, I I think that's one thing you could consider. I'm going to pray uh, and close this, and we'll uh, move into our time of response. But if you have questions about fasting, you can text those in. Um, Or if you you want to know more about what it means to walk with Christ, we don't fast so that we can get into heaven. We fast uh, partially because we've been given heaven, but we haven't been given it fully yet, right? So we haven't experienced it fully yet. We're under grace we don't fast to get to get God to like us. He's already given us grace, so then we fast out of that grace to enjoy that grace more. So I want to invite you, if we can help you in any way, go to corebirthline.org slash connect um, and fill out that form. We'll follow up with you. Let's pray together. Uh, Jesus, thank you that you modeled fasting for us at the beginning of your ministry, that you uh, went out into the wilderness like did way more than we, most of us ever will dream of doing, of of spending 40 days fasting and just drawing near to you. I pray that you would help us in our own ways, whether that's one meal this coming week or a day uh, in this next week. God, would you, would you draw us into fasting, not so we can be, feel more righteous or like we've succeeded at something, but so that we could see you more clearly. Help us to know what to strip away. Help us to know what to, uh, to, to limit ourselves to, that we could pray and experience you and know you more deeply. In your name we pray.